through Jesus Christ, the blessing of Abraham, the blessing of Abraham, Abraham who is heir of the world, that that blessing might come upon the Gentiles through Jesus Christ, that we should receive, now instead of just saying the blessing, or instead of him saying that we should receive this same inheritance, it says that we should receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. What is the point? The promise of the Spirit is the inheritance. So the mere fact that the, that, that the very promise of the Spirit is the inheritance, that in and of itself says that the will of God is for you to have the inheritance, and as you cooperate with him, then he will cause that inheritance to be made manifest. Part of the very ministry of the Holy Spirit was to come and to lead us and to guide us into what? All truth. Take the things that are Christ and reveal them unto us. John 16 verse 14 and, and in that area. Why? Because they belong to us and the Holy Spirit says, Come here, let me escort you. Let me show you how this works. I'm going to bring you into your inheritance. The Bible says in Isaiah 48 verse 17 that he will teach you to profit and he will lead you in the way in which thou shouldest go. Amen? Hallelujah. So it is the will of God for you to possess your inheritance. Let me just give you a couple of reasons there to just to prove that point. That was one. The fact that there's a promise of the Spirit and God keeps his promises. God doesn't make a promise that he doesn't have a desire to fulfill. Amen? That's number one. Number two. Jesus said in John 16 verse 13, when the Holy Spirit has come, he says, I will send him. He will not speak of himself, but whatever he shall hear, that shall he speak. And he will show you things to come. And he will take the things, and then Jesus said this, he will glorify me. He's going to glorify me, Jesus. How is he going to do that? He's going to take what belongs to me, and he's going to show it to you. In other words then, when you prosper, when you manifest the inheritance, when you manifest divine healing, divine health, God is glorified. Does it not say that he might be glorified in our spirit and our body? Our body is the temple of the living God, that he might be glorified? When you walk in health, when you walk in prosperity, when you walk in freedom, when you walk in liberty, when you, walk, when you manifest the inheritance, he is glorified. Amen? It is the will of God that you possess inheritance. Third John 2. Beloved, I wish above all things that you might what? Prosper and what? Be in health even as your soul prosper. That's the will of God that you manifest that inheritance. It's why he sent the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is not only sent to lead us into the inheritance to be the witness to that inheritance, to be the guarantor of that inheritance, to be the down payment of that inheritance. But the Holy Spirit is also the very anointing of God that is within us to break yokes and remove burdens. What yoke? The yoke of poverty. The yoke of lack. The yoke that says somehow I'm not qualified. Amen? One of the things the Holy, does, Holy Spirit does is to convince you that you are righteous. Do you know that? The Holy Spirit wants you to, he has an assignment to convince you, you are righteous and you've got rights, you can operate in oneness with God and that you've got authority. He wants you to function that way. Hallelujah. Break the yokes, remove the burdens, perfect that which concerns you. Come on, if I'm walking in divine health, if I'm having freedom and liberty and no bond and I don't have the oppression and depression, but in the meantime, I have such severe financial lack 
and oppression in that financial arena, would you say that I'm perfected? No, but the Holy Spirit, Psalms 138 verse 8 says that he perfects all that concerns me. Does that include the financial arena? Does that include my health? Does that include my sanity? Of course. Amen? So again, why is, he, why is he working within me both to will and to do God's good pleasure? Because possessing this inheritance is the will of God for you. Hallelujah. Now God has set within the church apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers. What for? For the building up of the saints. Why? So that they might mature. What, what exactly does that mean? Colossians 1.25 says, that they would be able to, up, let me quote it correctly. Hallelujah. Colossians 1.25 says, Wherefore apostles are made a minister according to the dispensation of God, which is given to me for you to fulfill the word of God. I have a responsibility and every fivefold minister have a responsibility to help you to get fulfillment to the promises of God and for the word of God to be fulfilled in your life. Isn't that right? Isn't that in Joshua chapter 1 verse 6? When, when after Moses died, Jesus says, God said to Joshua, my servant Moses is dead. And then he told Joshua, you be strong and you be very courageous. Why? Because you got to take these people across the Jordan and divide unto them their inheritance. Amen? It is not just to get people to jump up and run around. And it's not just, uh, yes, it is to minister healing. And it is, but it is to help you to get your inheritance. Why then would God anoint people and release the Holy Spirit? What for? To, for you to possess your inheritance. Say, it is God's will that I prosper and I have and manifest all of my inheritance in the name of Jesus. Now, you say, but I'm not good enough. I mean, look at the things I've done. Look at my background. I'm not educated enough. I, bore, I was born on the wrong side of the track. I've got the wrong color skin. No, 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 no. The Bible says in Colossians 1 verse 12, that he has made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance in the saints. That means, the word meet means he has qualified you and I. You are qualified by the sacrifice of Christ, by the shed blood of the Lord Jesus for the inheritance. So if you start making excuses, oh no, and you to try to, to, to disqualify yourself or let somebody else disqualify you, God would say, cut it out. You are qualified because of the blood that my son shed. So you've got no right to disqualify. For you to disqualify yourself from the inheritance... Is for you to disannul or disregard or disrespect the blood of Christ. Would you want to do that? Well, say I'm qualified for all of the inheritance. Amen. Hallelujah. He's qualified you. Jesus redeemed you from the curse of the law. That the blessings might be yours. Second Corinthians 8 verse 9 says, He became poor that you through his poverty might be made rich. Proverbs 10.22 says, The blessing of the Lord, it make it rich, and it add no sorrow with it. Deuteronomy 8 verse 18 says, Thou shalt remember the Lord thy God, for he it is that gives you power to get wealth, so that he might establish his covenant in the earth. 
Now it might not. No, no. When we start, when we talk about one of the keys, I'll tell you one of them right now. When it comes to the issue of prosperity, one of the keys to receiving the prosperity is the issue of purpose. Is the issue of motive. In other words, my, I must not desire prosperity just so that I can have bigger barns. But why? Deuteronomy 8:18 says. He's given us the power to get wealth so that his covenant shall be established in, his, in the earth. So that his house might be filled. When the children of Israel came out of Egypt, the Bible says they spoiled the Egyptians. Remember that? And they went in and they took the silver and the gold and the fancy garments off of the Egyptians. And they went out into the desert with a whole lot of silver and gold. But because they did not understand the purpose for that silver and gold, you know what happened? They ended up building a golden calf. When in fact the purpose for that silver and gold was to build the tabernacle, the sanctuary of the Lord. Amen? Exodus 25 verse 8. Well, similarly, God wants us to prosper. But what for? So that this gospel could go to the ends of the earth, so that we can help other people, so that we can build a permanent habitation and, and, and sanctuary for God made up of people that are born again. Living stones. So there is a purpose for prosperity, and that is important. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. And that's one of the keys when it comes to, well, how do we do this? How do we receive our prosperity? Because it's one thing, it's one thing for us to have all of this inheritance in the inside, but it's another thing for us to possess it. It's another thing for us to manifest it. It's one thing for you to have some rich uncle that leaves millions of dollars for you in some particular bank account. That's wonderful and it's yours. But you need to find out where that account is and you need to know how to make withdrawals. Isn't that right? So the fact that you've got all of this on the inside is great. But how do I make the withdrawals? How do I receive it? How do I manifest it? Because it belongs to every child of God. Every child of God has been qualified by the blood and by the sacrifice of Christ. How do we receive this inheritance? Wouldn't you like to know? All right. Now, let me just say this. The one number one major key is faith. Back in, YouTube, back in Acts 26 verse 18, which we looked at earlier, where Paul says that when God called him and he sent him to, turn the, to, to, to open the eyes of the Gentiles and to help them to what? To receive forgiveness and their inheritance by faith. How do you receive it? By faith. By faith. You receive it by faith. In fact, here's a wonderful verse of scripture. Revelation 21 verse 7. says, He that overcometh shall inherit all. In other words, he that overcometh shall inherit all. Well, what's the key to overcoming? 1 John 5 4 says, This is the victory that overcometh. Even our faith. So faith can cause you to overcome. Faith is the means by which you possess your inheritance. I'm going to talk about several different things in a little while. But at the end of the day, faith is the major key. Amen? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And faith is confidence in the sacrifice of Christ. Faith is confidence in what Jesus has done, his death, burial, resurrection, ascension, his shed blood, his name that is given to us. The promises that are ours and his life in us. But since faith is the key, if I had to stop right now, I would say faith is the key, but then what does faith look like? Faith has to believe right. 
It has to believe the truth. It has to believe the word. It has to be believe what Jesus has finished. And faith must speak accordingly. It must speak the truth. The Bible says in Titus 1 verse 3, God says, I will manifest my word through preaching. Which means what? I'm going to cause you to experience whatever that word say as you preach it, as you speak it, as you say it. Hence saying is important. Faith is our responsibility. The right response to God's ability. The right response to what God has done. The right response to the truth. The right response to the sacrifice of Christ. So first and foremost, it is what? Faith, say faith. Now let me give you some keys quickly. Number one, there is a devil out there. Did you know that? Yes. Right? And in fact, sometimes he even comes into the meeting. Break your power. I break your power off of my body. I break your power off of my man. I break your power off my family. You got to take authority over him. You got to let him know that you know what belongs to you. The Bible speaks and calls it in Ephesians 3 verse 10, revealing unto him. Onto the devil, onto the principalities and powers, the wisdom of God, declaring you are an heir, declaring he's defeated, declaring the authority of the blood. Amen? Hallelujah. The Bible says God has given you, in Isaiah 45 verse 3, he's given you the treasures of darkness. That's the stuff the devil was sitting on. And the hidden riches of secret places. He's sitting on that stuff, and you got to get him off of it. So key number one, one of the keys in this function in faith and getting a holy inheritance is kick the devil out. Take authority over him. Take it by force. You see, faith is how, faith, you know, the receiving of your inheritance. The Bible says, believe you receive it and you shall what? Have it. But there's a receiving and there's a taking. There's a receiving that says, thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you. But then there's a taking that says, give me my stuff. There's a taking that says, look, there's a taking that is like a grabbing. Amen. You ever see a little child grab a toy from another child? Right? That is not thank you. Sometimes you got to do that. <laughs> Amen. Number two, your inheritance is also in the hands of the wicked. The Bible says in James chapter 1 and verse, five, James chapter 5 verse 1 to 4, go back and read it. It speaks about, about, about the, the, the riches that, these, that the ungodly are, are kept, that they ought to have paid out. And the people who ought to, to have received it didn't get it. And the Lord of the Sabbath, the Lord looked and thought, that's not right. That's part of what happened in Egypt. Those people worked as slaves underneath, the, underneath Pharaoh for about 430 years or something like that. All right? What, were they paid fairly? No, they weren't paid fairly. Some people think, oh, it's wrong that when the children of Israel came out of Egypt, they spoiled the Egyptians. No, it was not wrong. They had a lot of back pay. Are you with me? Amen? So, the enemies sometimes have your finances. In fact, regarding the children of Israel, Psalms 106 verse 37 says, God brought them out with joy, and he brought them out with silver and gold, and there was not one feeble among them. So that is, it is a righteous thing, God says, to recompense the just, to pay you back. Say, God is a God of recompense. Say, I want my payback. The Bible says when the thief is caught, he is to restore what? Sevenfold, Proverbs 6 and verse 31. Proverbs, um, Proverbs 13 verse 22 says, the treasure that a sinner has laid up 
has been laid up for who? For the righteous. The wealth they've been laid up has been laid up for, uh, for us. So I come to receive my stuff. Ecclesiastes 2.26 says God has given to the man that is right and upright before him. God has given him joy and peace and strength and wisdom. But to the wicked, God has given him the job of toiling and sweating and gathering up all of that money. Gathering up all of that stuff so he can give it to the person who is right before God. Amen? Say, I want my stuff. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> right? It's your stuff. Look, look, let me show you how much, how God is with this stuff. Remember the prodigal son? Remember there were two boys? There was the older boy, but there was the younger boy. It wasn't time yet, but the younger boy says, Daddy, I want my stuff. I want my inheritance. I want to go and do something. Did he get it? I know he wasted it, but he did get it. <laughs> he got it. Say, I want my stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. Now the Bible also says that God has given us angels, ministering spirits, sent forth to minister on behalf of those that are heirs of salvation. God has put angels, angels are supposed to come and help you prosper. Well, I don't know whoever it was, I don't know if it was Isaac or Jacob or some one of them. Oh, well, that's right, when a servant was going to get a wife for one of the sons, and the Bible says the angel, um, that angels was going to go with him and make his way prosperous. Well, if that was under the old covenant, what about us? I got a new covenant. Angels supposed to come with me. Angels supposed to come, help open those doors, whisper stuff in my ears, whisper stuff in that employer's ear, whisper, the angels are here, ministering spirits, release them. They aren't yours, but they, you, you, don't own the, you don't own the waitresses in the restaurant, but you do call out what you need from the menu. This is your menu, and they go serve you. Psalms 103 and I believe verse 20 says they excel in strength and they hearken to the voice of his word. But you got to give voice to that word. So yes, there is take, kicking the devil off your stuff, taking your stuff back from the wicked, demanding it in the name of Jesus, claiming it, releasing the angels of God and letting them go forth. And the word, let me just say this, the word of God is, is also a master key. The Bible says in Acts chapter 20, verse 32, Paul says, Paul was going away. You know when you're going away, I am, I, especially if you're not going to see your kids again, you want to leave them with some good babysitters. You know right? So as Paul was leaving, Paul said in Acts 20, verse 22, I commend you to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and to give you your inheritance among the saints. The word of God is the power of God. And the word of God is the wisdom of God. The word of God is able to cause your inheritance to be delivered to you. To pull that inheritance out of your spirit. You meditate on the word. Joshua 1 verse 8 says meditate upon the word. Day and night. Keep it like frontlet before your eyes. This book of the law shall not depart from your eyes. But you shall meditate therein day and night. That you may observe to do according to what is written therein. And then you will make your way prosperous and you're going to have good success. Why? Because the word of God is a vehicle of your prosperity. The Bible says in Deuteronomy 32 verse 47, it's not a vain thing, it is your life. 
Deuteronomy, um, Isaiah 55 verse 11 says, That word shall not return void, but it's going to accomplish that which is pleased, and it will prosper in the thing we want to descend. Luke 1 37 says, No word of God is void of power. No word of God lacks the ability to bring itself to pass. The word of God is your number one vehicle. Amen? But let me also say this. It is the word of his grace. Grace is important. You do not believe for prosperity because of how hard you work, as important as diligent is, diligence is. You do not believe because of, of what you deserve. It is of grace that it might be by faith. It is by grace, not by law. Galatians 3.18. Right? Abraham didn't get the... It was by promise, not by law. Amen? And because it is by grace, therefore it's got to be by faith. It is a faith that it might be by grace, so that the promise might be sure to all the seed. To all the seed. To all the seed. Romans chapter 4 and verse 16. Now if we, again, if we're talking it is by grace, then it also has to be on the basis of righteousness. Because Romans chapter 5, 21 says, As sin has reigned unto death, even so grace reigns. How? Through righteousness. Unto what? Eternal life. Grace reigns through righteousness unto eternal life. That's the God kind of life. The God kind of life is healthy, wealthy, and wise. Amen? Praise the Lord. So it is about faith. It is by grace, therefore it has to be by faith, and it has to be by righteousness. So you must have this comprehension that I'm one with God. He that sanctified and they that are sanctified are one. He that is joined to the Lord is one spirit. The authority of Christ belongs to me. I'm a joint heir with Christ. You have to have that comprehension because that's the very channel through which the inheritance flows. Hallelujah. And now what about sowing and reaping? It says in... Um, it says in Colossians 3 verse 24, Whatever you do, do it from your heart to the Lord, not as unto man. Because from the Lord you receive the reward of the inheritance. So here is this inheritance is yours. But then when you learn to give, and when you're giving from your heart, what happens? It releases the inheritance into your life. How, do you, how does that work? Well, the Bible says in Luke 6 verse 38, it will the, 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 um, give and it shall be what? Given back to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over. Right? With the same measure with which you give is going to be given back to you. Same measure. And if your measure is sparingly, comes back how? Sparingly. If your measure is bountifully, comes back bountifully. But let every man give, how? According as his purpose in his heart. Cheerfully, not with a grieved heart, willingly. In other words, give right. Give in faith. Give with a, give, 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 and the measure with which you give, that governs the receiving. If in your serving, if this is the size of your scoop, and you say, okay, Lord, I'm going to give you, I'm giving, this is the size scoop you use to measure. I mean, here is all the gold dust. Gold dust. Gold thing and you this is a scoop here here God and the orphan plate come around here but then when God come to serve you back <laughs> here <laughs> are you with me but how about if you got a big bucket amen the way you measure it's going to be measured back to you but you do so in faith you do so knowing 
that is given back to you, knowing it may leave your hands, but it's not going to leave your life. You cast your bread in the water, and it comes back to you after many days. Isaiah 22, verse 8, the liberal soul shall be made fat. Amen? So there is that willing mind. There is that giving from your heart. And there is the honoring of the Lord. Honoring of the Lord. Not giving him a blind sacrifice. Not having a nice sheep in there that is nice and, I mean, fluffy. No fluffy. Right? But then what? Instead of giving him fluffy, you want to give him this, this one-legged sheep with one blind eye. No. <laughs> Honor the Lord with thy substance and with the first fruits of all that increase. Give unto the Lord the glory that is due unto his name. Come before him with an offering and with a sacrifice. Amen. It is part of our priesthood, our holy priesthood, offering up sacrifices unto him. What does that do? That is part of the, that's one of the keys of releasing the inheritance. And then there's obedience. Isaiah 1 verse 9, he says, If you be willing, well, we dealt with the willing, but not only that, obedience. Because you see, at the end of the day, this is what the faith is going to come down to. You got to believe right, you got to talk right, and then you got to act right. But where does the action come from? Obeying the Holy Ghost. Sometimes all the action needs is thanksgiving. But sometimes the action is, go dip seven times in that water. Sometimes the action is, Sell everything you have and give to the poor. Sometimes the action is that tide. Sometimes the action is obey the Holy Ghost. True obedience of the sanctification of the Spirit and obedience and the sprinkling of the blood. Hallelujah. Obey the Word. Obey the blood and the sacrifice of Christ and obey the Holy Ghost. That's how faith works. And that is, that is connected up to the inheritance. Obey the promptings of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Ghost tells no, that's not, I rebuke that. No, that might be God. <laughs> Amen. And then the issue of purpose, we mentioned that. And then the issue of diligence. The Bible says be diligent to make your calling and election sure. It says you will reap if you faint not. It says in Galatians chapter 6 verse 9 and 10. To, um, it says in Galatians chapter 6 verse 9 and 10. Do not be weary in well doing. For in due time you will reap if you faint not. Don't get tired. I did it, I did it, oh, do it again. Amen? In the morning, sow thy seed. In the evening, withhold not your hand, because you don't know which will prosper, whether this or that, or whether both shall bring forth a like good. Amen? Blessed be the name. Be diligent, say diligence. Proverbs 28, verse 20, let me close there. It says, a faithful man will what? Abound in blessing. A faithful man will abound in blessing. Hallelujah. Now, I share some of those things, what for? Just so that you can grasp this reality that the inheritance is yours. You are born again to it. Everything that belongs to Jesus belongs to you. And you have got a right to it. The blood of the Lord Jesus Christ has qualified you. And it is God's will for it to be made manifest in your life. But you've got to receive this inheritance. You've got to sometimes even take it by force. You've got to get the devil out of the way. You've got to take it away from people, not directly, but indirectly by faith. You've got to release the angels. You've got to meditate on the word. It is by grace. It is not law. It's not works. It is based on righteousness that you're one with him. And then there's the principles concerning sowing and reaping and obeying the word and obeying the sacrifice and obeying the Holy Ghost. And operating with a pure heart. 
operating with purpose. Not to consume it upon your own lust. Sometimes people say, oh, I don't need all that money. Hey, the church needs it. I don't need all of that. Well, there's somebody else that needs it. Prosper if not for yourself, but for somebody else. Amen? Think about it. Say hallelujah. hallelujah. 